Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Fire Football Radio. I'm your host, Matt McGrath, alongside Zach Schmoll and Luigi Coppola, Jr. This is the seventh episode of the Fire Football Radio Show, and as a reminder, we'll be live from the store studio every Wednesday night on WHUS Stores 91.7 from 6 to 7 to bring you the latest news, rumors, and more about America's game and the league we all know and love. The NFL. We are currently at the beginning of week seven of the NFL season, coming off a very exciting week six where the Patriots and 49ers stayed undefeated, and the Dolphins and the Bengals are the only now the only winless teams. Zach and Luigi, what's going on? Nothing much, Matt. What's going on, man? Not much, not much. How about you, Luigi? I'm doing great. Good Wednesday. Love love to be back in the studio. Yeah, no, great to be back on Wednesday as we hear we are right at the start of Week 7, starting tomorrow for Thursday Night Football. But as a reminder, the call-in number, if you're interested, is 860-486-9487. That's 860-486-9487. And we mentioned it last week, and we'll mention it again, that we have a Twitter. It's at Fire Radio, which is P-H-I-R-E Radio, at Fire Radio. So give us a follow if you're interested and like the show as well. So I guess we'll get right into it uh, earlier than normal. For week six in review, so injuries, Rams cornerback Akib Tlaib placed on IR, had a rib injury, and is eligible to return this season. So I know we will talk about it later, but you know, the whole Rams situation with trading Marcus Peters or trading away Marcus Peters to the Ravens and then getting Jalen Ramsey in return, I don't really feel like this is that hurtful to them right now. I'm interested to see how it all shakes out because the cornerback play has not been great from the Rams this season. And now they're really going to be able to take a look at a new starting two with Nickel Roby Coleman coming into that cornerback two spot that he hasn't been able to fill all season. And Jalen Ramsey obviously taking the number one spot. So, I mean, the Rams haven't been doing too fantastic this season. It'll be interesting to see how this little mix-up plays out for him. You know, so we'll see what happens with that. But before we continue our injuries, we have a caller calling in right now. So, caller one, what's your name? Where are you from? Hey, it's Cliff over in Middlebury, Connecticut. Cliff, welcome back. We missed you. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry I missed it last week, guys. Nice to be back. Yeah, good to be back. What's going on, man? So, I just want to ask, what's your take on the whole Jalen Ramsey um, trade that the Rams uh, partook in in the last few days? I know they had the um, two first-round picks and the fourth-round pick. Do you think they gave up too much and they've kind of mortgaged their uh, their future um, because they want to win now? Yeah, they're definitely a win now team, and I think they're going all in on that. I think before they're kind of they, before the trade, it was kind of a unsaid truth that they were a win now team. But I mean, now you could definitely see it. I mean, the they uh, came out with a report that the um, Rams will not have a fifth round pick. Uh, our first Next, round pick. Yeah, I apologize pick. for the for the first. five years starting from 2017 going till 2021, and I I mean that if that doesn't say win now, then everything else does. I mean. It, it, they're buying into a, we need to win now or next year or else we're done. Their offensive line is very old, still a little outside of their prime, but still can mm-hmm. get the job done. But they're 
it's an old team. They have an old team, and they're paying all of their money right now so they could win right now. I don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing, though, for the Rams. Because, I mean, if I was a manager, Jalen Ramsey's worth at least one first-round pick, probably worth two. I mean, he's probably the best cornerback in football these past three years. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. And the, yeah, no, yeah, no, I would say uh, that. I would Stephon say Stephon Gilmore. No. 100%. This is Stephon Gilmore up there. But I mean, yeah, he's up there. I think they're both the top Pat three. Conversation yeah, and have. then with, yeah. The, with the draft picks, I mean, even last year, did the Saints or did the Rams even draft in the first round last year? I mean, Sean McVay just kept trading back and back and back. No, and I don't think no, they did. didn't draft. In That's the, something the first that round. we've talked about on this show before. Is all like you, you see Bill Belichick, you see someone like Sean McVay, all the good head coaches value those middle to late rounds way more than they value those first second rounds oh, cuz that's that's more of the value picks i mean well it's more cuz like it's what you're getting for your pick i mean yeah. sometimes there's teams like the patriots aren't going to scout anyone in the first round they don't really need anyone and if they could get pieces or money for those picks that they don't even use or don't even need exactly. I mean, why not use them but back to the rams i mean the whole trade was actually very unexpected that it was the rams who got him but after the Marcus Peters thing was very, very, very viewable. You could definitely see them doing that. Plus, with Akeem Tlaib being placed on IR. I don't know. I think this team gets worse before they get better, losing their top two corners and now having to deal with a guy who has to come in and learn the entirety of the playbook. I mean, the cornerback position isn't too, too difficult to play. It's more of a reactionary position. But still coming in and having to learn all the coverages – Blitz, uh, the blitz packages, all that kind of nonsense. I think it'll be fine. It'll take I, a little time. Yeah. I think just. I think it's, it's going to take a little time for him to get chemistry mm-hmm. with the team because he is a very loud character, and uh, that's not a team with many loud characters. Well, the good news, chemistry-wise, for the cornerback position at least, is if you're as good a corner as Jalen Ramsey is, you can just throw him on an island, and he'll yes. deal with the number one receiver, and he doesn't have to interact yeah, he's with man a single. To man. Exactly. He doesn't have to interact with a single other person on the defense for an entire game if you really wanted him to. Mm-hmm. So it will be a learning curve, but I think it'll be not fine. too big. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that definitely answers my question for sure. One last thing, Matt, if I may. Yeah, go ahead. Let's go Jets. Let's go Jets. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, you squeaked one out at MetLife against the Cowboys. You got the Pats this week on Monday night, so I don't know. That's home hey, game too, alert. though. Imagine if they maybe upset the alert Pats. this week. What's that upset alert now? No, unfortunately. No, you don't think so? No, Imagine no. That? You going to that Spread game or no? cover alert. I am not going to the game, no. You're not going to go to the game? <laughs> no, I'll be working. Oh, that's right. Full-time job. Congratulations. Yes, Thank you. <clears throat> yeah, you got anything else? Or? Um, I do want to ask, though, the performance that you guys saw from the Jets actually against the Cowboys, what is, does that say more about the Jets being you know, on the up and up and maybe ending maybe at 500? Or do you think it's the Cowboys just – Kind of collapsing at like the worst time of the season. It's Jason Garrett being a horrible head coach. Well, I I think <laughs> yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, you obviously the Cowboys came out and played three terrible teams when they started off: Giants, Dolphins, mm-hmm. and I think it was Redskins. They played those three teams to start off. Then they went and played the Packers at home and got deshambled. And I mean, going into MetLife, I expected them to win. It's a game that they should have won. Obviously, it helped for the Jets to have Sam Darnold back. That was a world of a difference. Mm-hmm. The offense is so much better then than it is, you know, without him. Um, but I, you know, I wouldn't rule out the Jets like getting a couple more wins. I, I mean, it, it, they're definitely on their way back, but I think it's going to kind of end here with a loss to the Pats this week, which is tough coming off. I mean, to come off 
that win and then have to play the pass the next week. I mean, it's it's a hard hard way to go, but yeah, it's it, it's sure. how it is. I mean, a couple of weeks ago we were talking about like right right when Sam Darnold uh, had his diagnosis of mono, we were talking about how this Jets team is definitely a team to watch for the near future. I mean, I think you saw a little glimpse of how good they could possibly be, but I don't know if it'll be consistent this year. Maybe give it a couple of years, let them build through the draft and through free agency, and you never know what could come out of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I definitely could see the Jets being very good in the future. Um, I mean, I mean, as of right now, here in Week Seven, I don't, I don't really see them changing a lot up. But I mean, they're definitely going to try new things with a new head coach, they've you a know, and a second-year quarterback. So they certainly have a pretty bad schedule going forward, though. I mean, after the Pats, yeah. the Jaguars, who'll be tough. Dolphins, Giants, Redskins, Raiders, Bengals, Dolphins again. Bottom, those are their, that's those the are bottom the, piece of the the entire year. Yeah, the they NFL. might they might got to get a couple wins there. And then they play the Ravens, and then they play the young Steelers and the Bills. So there's there's plenty of there's opportunity hope. in this schedule. There's always hope, Cliff. There's always hope. Yeah, there's always hope. I'm always like, oh, it's always next year. I mean, yeah, it's tough. I mean, I'm in the same boat as a Giants fan. You know, it's always next year. But, I mean, New, both New York teams have young quarterbacks now. Future's looking bright. So, I guess we'll see what happens. But Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me, as always. Yeah, no problem, Cliff. Thanks for calling in, man. You guys are the best. Have a good night. Yeah, you too, Cliff. All right. So, we'll uh, we'll go back to... Some injuries. So Bears defensive tackle Akeem Hicks played on, or was placed on the IR. Will miss up to eight weeks and needs elbow surgery. So a tough, tough hit for the the Bears there. Uh, Saquon Barkley to return this week for the Giants against the Cardinals. A very important piece of the Giants puzzle. He returns in a must win game. You know, for the uh, as a Giants fan, you always love to see Saquon Barkley coming back. Will Hernandez, the offensive guard or the left guard for the Giants today, said that. Uh, he was itching to come back, and he can't wait to see how crazy he goes in the next couple Didn't games. Did he say he was a beast, like a lion almost? Yeah, he said, he was, a, he, said he was a caged lion. If you gave him like the ability to go eat in the wild, he would never stop. Yeah. That's absurd. I mean, he's a caged lion, and I mean that's what we love to see. Um, so it'll be great to have him back. But and a former Giant, moving on, uh, defensive end for the Buccaneers, JPP returns to practice after being on IR set to return in about three weeks, so it'll help for them to get him back in a stacked front seven in in uh, in Tampa Bay. But another defensive lineman for the Cowboys, Tyrone Crawford, to have season-ending hip surgery. He was placed on IR this week. Packers wide receiver Geronimo Allison ruled out with a concussion. Helmet-to-helmet hit against the Lions will keep him out for at least a couple weeks. And Bengals cornerback Drake Kirkpatrick to miss a month with a hyperextended knee. Uh, so they'll be missing him, but he won't help as much for an 0-16. Sadly, an 0-16 doesn't do too much. No. But uh, another injury, Steelers defensive lineman, Stephon Tuitt, out for the year with a torn pectoral muscle. A big hit for the Steelers front seven, who has been struggling lately. Uh, Steelers team has been struggling lately. Had a huge win against the Chargers. Um, but they, had a, they have another big game this week, I think. Let's see. Steelers. Are they on the bye this week? I think they're on the bye. Um, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, they are on the bye. They are on the bye. All right, so they're on the bye, so it's still a big hit, you know, no matter who they're playing. Um, but we'll see how they do with that. I mean, he's a veteran defensive lineman in a very young defensive group. So his more so, not so much of his play because they're 
the defensive play from that team hasn't been great, but his leadership in the locker room is definitely going to be something to miss out on. Yeah, no, definitely. A, a, a veteran. That for He's played for on the Steelers veteran. for over 10 years. I remember years. him since I remember things. Yeah, exactly. So another injury, Seattle tight end Will Disley will, is likely out for the year with an Achilles injury. A tough break for him. Breakout player, was a rookie in 2015, you know, has, hasn't really played behind Jimmy Graham, uh, you know, yet. And Jimmy Graham is not on the Seahawks. He, he was. He was, though. But now he's not. And Will Disley, out for the year, had a was starting for the uh, he had, Seahawks. He had four touchdowns in five whole games? Yeah, four touchdowns, 27 catches or something like yep. that. So yep. it was a big. he was a big help for Russell Wilson so far. But, I mean, we'll see how the Seahawks deal with that. And our final injury for today, Kyle Long, likely to be placed on IR. The Bears O-lineman has struggled. And will struggle even, or the Bears O line has struggled and will struggle even more without their leader, offensive tackle Kyle Long. So, as a reminder, once again, the call in number is 860 486 9487. That's 860 486 9487. So, we'll get into the topics of talk for today. A lot to talk about here in week set or in the middle of start of week seven. Um, so, to start off, Cam Newton trade rumors, Broncos and Bears are heard to be interested. So they're thinking about keeping Kyle Allen at the starting position and instead well, trading I think it Cam was, Newton. I think it was more so not that they're looking to trade him, but that there's rumors. I don't, I, right now I don't think it's a very official thing, but it's no, a very, but, very tumultuous topic within the uh, Carolina boardroom meetings, I'm sure. Uh, I, he could two – two good landing places that they've been ta- – that the – the league's been talking about is uh, the Broncos and the Bears. I mean, well, Zach, why don't you talk about, a little bit about that? I mean, Elway w- loves his understand why John Elway loves quarterbacks that are years over their prime. <laughs> why you got to pay Joe Flacco and Cam Newton in the same season to win four no, games? Uh, that's not uh, going to happen. Listen, it might not happen. I don't want him. Listen, if they're Pass. no, if, Pass on if they're going to trade for Cam Newton, they're going to get rid of Flacco. So. They're not going to keep both. They shouldn't have and it, it worked out with Peyton Manning, you know. Because Peyton Manning's one of the best quarterbacks ever played. <laughs> well, listen, Cam Newton was an MVP not too long was, ago. Was, was, was. And now he can't throw a football. Well, he's had some shoulder hurt, injuries. Man. Not yeah. that he's hurt. That he can't throw an accurate football more than 10 yards. He's not good. I mean, he's not as good as he used to be. Yes. I wouldn't say he's not good. He's past his prime. Yeah, Joe Flacco's not elite anymore. There are 10 teams that are... We need to draft an actual quarterback. There no are, more Paxton Lynch prototypes, John. He's not a Paxton Lynch prototype. I'm talking about Drew Locke. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we keep drafting smelly quarterbacks, and we keep paying over their prime quarterbacks. Hey, You'd think that John Elway, one of the most talented quarterbacks to ever play the position, would be great at scouting new quarterbacks for the team. You'd be wrong, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately for me, you'd be wrong. Well, Brock Osweiler was a great guy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no. Well, uh, well talk the about defense, him. He just retired. Yeah, the defense retired, was man. made of great guys, and the defense carried noodle arm end of his career Peyton Manning the same they car- carried Brock Noo- Osweiler. Well, noodle arm? No, nah, well, year, uh, until, he threw 50 touchdowns. No, nah, until his last year. That was like two years before oh, his oh, last year. About, last I'm talking year. about the year he retired and we won the Super Bowl. Oh. Yeah, no, his last year he was awful. Oh, my God. Yes. He was done. He was throwing ducks. Yeah, he was done. 
didn't but, matter. But Cam Newton defense. moving, I think, would be important, especially since Kyle Allen's played lights out pretty much. No, no, inter- yeah. no interceptions and four straight wins. I mean, he does have Christian McCaffrey, which yeah. <laughs> does help. But listen, but, uh, I don't see Cam Newton like – it's just I think been, if he came back, he'd hurt this team more than he'd yeah, help no, it. It's yeah, just they been have really a young quarterback, young receivers. I think it's it's a great situation right now for them. They're going to build as a team, and their defense has 14 interceptions, which is twice as more, twice as much as the second team in the league, who only has seven. Right. They have 14 interceptions through seven game, six games. No, the defense is good. Yeah, no, I mean, like, well, I, we'll see what happens with Cam Newton. Um, but before we keep talking about that, we'll take on another caller. So, caller number two, what's your name? Where are you from? Oh, they just dropped us. That's unfortunate. Maybe they'll call back. But, yeah, going back to Cam Newton, I feel like Cam Newton staying in Carolina isn't a good decision for him or the Panthers, unfortunately. No. You no, know, I think not. I think he has to move on to, to resurrect his career. Like, not that he's been playing terribly, but he's not going to win a Super Bowl there, in my opinion. I mean, no. pl- players like Cam are in a unique spot for me trade-wise because he's, he, in my opinion, he's someone who could have won you a ring Almost three did. years ago. Almost did. But now, like you're, now you'd be trading for him to do something similar to what the Broncos did, you know? You're just looking for a guy who can play. Do, do we think that like, his— No team that wants to win a Super Bowl is going to say— We'll trade for. We'll give you a second round pick for Cam Newton, and we'll go win. Unless they it's, don't have a quarterback, which but most most te- teams do. Most teams. Do you guys think that his woes come from his mobility? Do you think that's it? No. Do you think that his injury problems come from I mean, the fact d- that he's he super did take mobile? A lot yeah, one hundred percent. Do like, you think that it's worn him down? It's something I listen. I've he, always been interested in because they always say like when Lamar Jackson came into the league, he's going to have no success because he he moves too much. He's going to get hit too much. He Mike, doesn't even get hit that much. I, yeah, like, I don't think Lamar gets hit as much as Cam Newton does. No, Cam Newton is basically a full blown two hundred fifty pound running back. He also didn't have a great offensive yeah. line throughout no. his career. No, he hasn't. I mean, I think that. I think that his, like Zach said, his best days are definitely behind him. If he developed his arm, which it might be too late to do so, as a 30-some-odd-year-old quarterback, but you never know. He could resurrect his career. I mean, we'll find out. It's going to be tough. But, like, I I just think a lot of teams are willing to take him, but also that's a – it's like risk and reward, honestly, because it's it's a huge risk for him getting injured because he gets injured all the time. And then it's a reward if he turns out to be great because he is a phenomenal athlete. He has the ability, the capabilities to be as great as he's always been. Yeah, I know. So we'll see what what happens. I know a lot of people are interested. You know, maybe the Panthers won't even trade him and Kyle Allen the last however many games of the season turns out to be not what they thought he was. But we'll see what happens. It, it'll, all, it'll all shuffle out. Um, but moving on to another situation, the Rams cornerback situation. So as we said, the Rams placed Aqib Tlaib on IR Monday. Then they traded Marcus Peters to Baltimore on Tuesday for Kenny Young, a linebacker from the Ravens. And on Tuesday night, they trade two first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey. And now they could go five years without a first-round pick. So, I mean... I think it was like every move that Sean McVay and the whole front office of the Rams make. I feel like so far has been a pretty good move. Well, well listen, I mean that that that's, that's not, not bad. a bad no, move. No, it's not. That's he is still young. He's four or five years in the league now. 
Yeah. He's still relatively young and has been playing at an elite level. Now, adding him to Aaron Donald and that defense, I mean, as much as we've been saying, like, they're a little older, they're a little outside their prime, I mean, having Donald and Ramsey for the next some odd years, however they decide to keep them, is definitely good for their defense. Oh, yeah, Those no, are two 100%. of the top defensive players in the league. I think we could all agree on that. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, no, I mean, Jalen Ramsey is easily a top cornerback in the league. To have him, you lose Marcus Peters, but honestly, losing Marcus Peters to me and gaining uh, Jalen Ramsey is you know a win for the Rams. The only problem is giving up those two first round picks, which is basically your future. So if you don't, if the Rams don't win with a Super Bowl within the next three years, I would say it was a waste, a total waste. Like they're, the, the way they're playing doesn't look like they're about. To do I know anything. they're in the toughest division in football. They are yeah, right in now, yeah. the most. They were supposed to be the clear cut top team in that division. They should be with their roster on paper. They look phenomenal. I mean, after going to the Super Bowl and losing to the Patriots, like yes. you, you would think you would be the, the top team in the NFC West, but, but they're but not. But all of a sudden, you got the Seahawks and the 49ers who were playing well, yeah, impeccable I mean, football, so they needed to make this move you know, to do something. The 49ers snuck up on them. They drafted Nick Bosa. Garoppolo was hurt last year, so it didn't really matter. Like There was no threat in that way. The Seahawks have always been good, but somehow Russell Wilson is now in the prime of his career, so everything that the Rams are doing, the 49ers and Seahawks are just dismantling all of it. Yeah. So, you know, they, I, they'll make the playoffs, but it'll, it's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. You know, they'll, you think they'll make the playoffs? I mean, what are they right now? Three? Are they three Dude, and if, two? If they're making the playoffs, right now they're three and three. They're three and three right now. They have to itch for a, if they're a wild card spot. It, but which one? My <clears throat> hot take, I guess, would be that if the Rams make the playoffs, three NFC West, three teams. NFC West teams are in the playoffs. Because right now, Russell Wilson's my MVP. 49ers are undefeated. They have the best defense in football. And then there's the Rams, who are, right. are they're a good team. I mean, don't get me wrong; they're a very, very talented roster. But even if the Rams come in first or second, and then it's the 49ers and the Seahawks in second or third, or however it shakes out, like there's st- all three of those teams are probably ten win teams. I mean, yeah. Well, we saw the same thing with the Panthers, Saints, and Falcons a couple years ago. All yeah. three teams made the all three That's teams true. were ten win teams, and they all made the playoffs. I mean, it's just a tough. You know, you have those it's specific just up, divisions. It's an uphill battle. It's really an uphill battle because, yeah, I mean, how do you – they lost their home game against the 49ers. Oh, they don't even – It wasn't a home game. They don't have a yeah, home we stadium. We were talking That's about unfortunate. how unfortunate that is. But Imagine if they were in St. Louis with this team right now. How like the oh, there would be a rallying be of fans. Elect- yeah, no, it would the, be an electric the stadium that they would get out of that. You wouldn't want to go to St. Louis. Absolutely. So Absolutely. it's just it's unfortunate for them. I know L. A. is a good move, and you know it's worked out so far. You know they got a lot better, but uh, I don't know. I just if they don't have a you know a a home field advantage for the next couple of years, it's going to be tough for them to win. So. But uh, moving on, scary news in the Ravens' secondary, as we said. They'll have Earl Thomas, Marlon Humphrey, Brandon Carr, and Marcus Peters in the secondary. Wow. Second Legion of Boom, as you might say. (laughs) Earl Thomas just likes creating creating great secondaries. I I know. I mean. just, Just reading those names, those are all names that you hear. That you've heard yeah. within the last year, two years. I mean, Marlon Humphrey was a first-round pick 
two years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. Earl Thomas is somehow still playing just as well as he was when he was in the Legion of Boom. Right. Marcus Peters, phenomenal corner. It's his third team in three years, but that's that's not really his fault. It's, it's just not a personality deal. It's but. his personality, but I don't know. And then Brandon Carr, an older, more veteran guy, but still someone who could play some good He's football. Got cornerback one experience on the Cowboys. I mean, yeah, he played well there. So yeah, I mean, getting these guys together, the Ravens are honestly someone to look out for. Like they're going to make the playoffs. They just they, they, they mean, need I to bulk up their fronts. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, with I how that whole the division. division you got the 0 and 6 Bengals, the 1 and 5 Steelers. And then and then the Browns. The Browns. Browns. And then yeah. the, the woeful Browns. I mean, too, as of right now, <laughs> they almost fired Freddie Kitchens this week, but decided not to. Really? Yes. <sighs> it's a it's, co- it's a total it's coaching issue he's there. He's still a rookie. He's he's you have to it, everything is time. That team came in with the utmost expectations that they were going to make the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl. OBJ and Jarvis were going to catch a million touchdowns, and Baker was winning MVP. I mean, it, you can't do that to a team and then blame it on the head coach when Baker Mayfield is playing like the worst quarterback in the NFL right now. They should have hired Mike McCarthy mm-hmm. and told Freddie Kitchens to bite it. Freddie Kitchens I don't know. was not the greatest decision. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess they he was just, it, he was just an in-house guy, and they felt yeah. I mean, John Dorsey's done everything he can so far to build this team up, and they honestly just need. I think they need two or th- like at least two years to just get either it all that or they need out. to start winning. If they catch a couple good games here and there, yeah. Don't forget, Baker, they don't have a bad record. Baker's still a great competitor. Odell Beckham Jr. is still one of the greatest athletes in the sport. Jarvis catches everything thrown to him. They they have the potential. I think it's maybe give them time and lower your expectations for the Browns. Yeah, no. I mean, we'll see what how Baker does, but so far it's been pretty bad. And um, now he's got to face that secondary from the Ravens twice yeah, a year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the Ravens are going to be scary um, for the next you know so, some odd seasons. You know, great defense, young quarterback. So we'll see, and a young receiver core with Hollywood Brown and. You know, so we'll see what happens there. But moving on, second year quarterback success and failure. So a success to start off. Lamar Jackson threw for 250 yards and 150 yards rushing in Week Six. I think he's the first yep. first, first quarterback to ever do that. Quarterback to ever do that. Yeah, yeah. So good for him. I mean, he's playing well, and, and he's playing lights out right now. Yeah, he is. What are they? I think they're four and two right four now. Four and two. Yep. He's got at least eight touchdown passes. At least, maybe even more, definitely more, more a couple rushing touchdowns here and there too. And yeah, no. It's the bottom line is he's just a good quarterback. He is good. No, he's he a, is absolutely. He's a passing quarterback that can run like Lashawn McCoy. I <laughs> I don't think I don't know if he's that consistent though. Like he hasn't been passing? that. Con- yeah, well, passing he's not that consistent. He's still young, like we said. Yeah, second no. year quarterback. He'll still he'll have his games, but some games he won't. Which shorter is fine. passes like ten to fifteen yards he throws on a thread. Like he has the arm strength to throw shorter to mid range passes on right. a thread. It's when it and to be honest with you, I was about to say it's those long range passes that give him trouble. But he has one of the most beautiful. Dropping in your basket forty yards down. No, he's got a cannon. Throws. Yeah, absolutely. No, the accuracy. It's just accuracy it's, comes. Accuracy. You honestly, as a quarterback, you become more accurate in your fifth year. That's when you start getting towards your highest accuracy. That the quarterback position is a big developmental position, and I think Lamar Jackson only has room to improve. 
Yeah, no, 100%. Which is ridiculous to say after what we've seen in his Oh, he threw five year. touchdowns in his first game. Yeah, I know. So him and the Ravens team will move on and continue their success, most likely. But a failure in a second-year QB is Baker Mayfield, as we've been saying. He leads leagues in, he leads the league in interceptions and has a 66.0 pass rating. That is awful. It's so bad. He has a what? Sixty-six. Sixty-six. He's like I looked it up today. He's like forty-fifth overall. Let's read. Let's read Baker Mayfield's problems right now. He has fewer passing touchdowns than Mason Rudolph. Yeah. Fewer passing yards than Andy Dalton. (laughs) Lower completion percentage than Luke Falk, and a lower QBR than Eli Manning. Yeah. These are true things. These are all true things. And he leads the league in interceptions. Yeah, no. I mean, listen, I don't give him all the the f- like fail of that offense. Number one, he's with a new coach. <laughs> well, not a new coach, but a new head coach. And the the Cleveland Browns have the highest drop percentage among any team. Yeah, with, at eighteen percent. And you would think having all those great receivers and you know Callaway, Ode- OBJ, and Jarvis Landry that Jarvis Landry never dropped a ball in Miami. Well, and Odell do, rarely did t- in New York too. It also has to do a little bit with the situation, like the throwing situations. Like most of the passes between Baker and OBJ that I've seen have been throw it up to OBJ and see what happens type plays, where they just like just because it's Odell Beckham Jr. I don't so, think they well, built any chemistry. Fifty percent of the time, he's going to drop those passes. I don't think they built any chemistry. I think so, yeah, it's hard. They lead the league in drops. Eli had a tough time. Where doing is he that throwing the ball in New York? He's a character. He's yeah. a character and a half. He's a character. So we got a caller on the line, so we'll take them on right now. Caller number two, what's your name? Where are you from? Hey, it's uh, Juan. Juan from Middlebury. What's up, Juan? What's going on? I'm driving home in this nor'easter we were supposed to get last Thursday. Oh, yeah. It came today instead. What happened? I said it came, the nor'easter came today instead of, <laughs> of last week uh, for the Giant game. You didn't give Brady a heart attack like you had predicted? <laughs> I think it's a win. I think if you know Saquon is healthy and playing, I think it's a win for them. Daniel Jones is going to show out against a rough defense, and I mean it'll be a battle of the rookies. You know, no, I'm excited for that game. Actually, like they're two of the two of the worst teams in the league, uh, record-wise. But it's one of the games I'm looking forward to the most. To be honest with you, watching this weekend, just to see how the two, just to see how Kyler and Daniel Jones match up. Yeah, and now, uh, now the NFC East is wide open, you know, with Dallas losing three. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely closer. You know, Dallas, three and three. The What are the Eagles? Uh, three and three. three yeah, every, they're three and three, and the Giants are two and four. So the Giants are a game back. How, what, what, would we have ever thought that the Giants were going to be a game back no, in week seven? Have. No, you wouldn't have. Absolutely not. And not after the first week against Dallas. No, definitely not. I mean, you know, after yeah, no, after a blowout kind of week against Dallas, you know, and then to just switch your whole offense and start Daniel Jones instead, which we didn't think was going to happen until you know midway or at least towards the end of the season, and to be two games, you know, a game back, two wins, a close game for the most part against the Patriots until they pulled out in the end. I mean, I think it's optimistic. I mean, they 
against the Pats, they scratched and clawed for 60 minutes. The Pats earned every single inch in that game. It wasn't like nothing was handed to them in that game. The Giants played well. Yeah, there's some positives. Yep. Um, the Jets look good, huh? Against Dallas? Yeah, we talked to Cliff about it before. I mean, oh, I think. I think, yeah, I think uh, Sam Darnold, having Sam Darnold back is a world of a difference for them. And their defense played very well against a tough Cowboys offense. Awesome. Well, i got to get back to driving here. It's like a torrential uh, downpour. Yeah, make sure. Sh- well, drive, sla- drive safe, Juan. Yeah, make, drive sure, safe. make sure you pay attention to the road. I will. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> All right, Adios. Juan. Adios. Adios. All right. What a character. Juan from Middlebury. Favorite caller. Favorite, favorite, favorite caller. caller. Number one caller. Number one. <laughs> the certainly best. the most consistent, but certainly also the most mysterious. <laughs> Definitely mysterious. Still don't know who he is. <laughs> All right. So we'll get back to second year. We have a couple more second year QBs, success and failure. Kyle Allen, quarterback for the Panthers, 4-0 and since Newton's injury. I think we kind of covered that already with no inter- interceptions as well. Kyle Allen, yay. Cam Newton, boo. Yeah. So. He, he does have a top defense in the league and... Probably the best running back in the league. So. Yeah, he's got a good. No, he's got a good. But team he's got young him. receivers, young, speedy, good route runners. I mean, you know what? Good for him for being being the way being the way he is. You know, for coming and playing lights out. Listen, if it works for them, why stop it? You know, absolutely. They're getting wins. Hundred percent agree. So, also Sam Darnold, quarterback for the Jets, returned and lit up the Cowboys with a twenty-four to twenty-two win this past Sunday. Great win for the. The Jets, as we said, we talked about it with Cliff earlier and just Juan right now. As I've mentioned multiple times, that you know Sam Darnold is a world of a difference for the Jets. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, he he brings back a little leadership. I mean they 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 were a team without their leader, a team who was with their third string quarterback who was playing awfully. I yeah, mean, terrible. A, a team that needs major offensive help as much as it can. But I mean, Sam Darnold played as almost as good as he could play. I mean, whoa, what's his? What are his? Um, I mean, what can you what can you ask? Three hundred and thirty-eight yards, two touchdowns, and uh, only one interception. Yeah, good and he line. had that ninety-two, ninety-three yarder to uh, to Robbie, Robbie Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. I mean, you know, listen, yeah, great game. Bringing back a good arm, a young guy who still could help, who needs to be at the helm of this offense for as long as possible and as much as possible. Listen, yeah, no, I think Sam Darnold is my favorite QB out of that class last year. I thought it was Baker, and but now, you know, we've actually seen Baker's true colors. So I think going forward, I think Sam Darnold might be, come out to be the best out of all those quarterbacks. Can't wait to see. He was assumed to be when he came out. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Was, they were surprised when they took when the Browns took Baker number 1. Darnold right. was supposed to be the clear-cut number 1. Yeah, no, definitely. So We'll see how the Jets do moving forward, but our last second-year QB, Josh Rosen, got is sat for he will not play in Week Seven for Fitz Magic, and was benched during Week Six in the middle of his start. Do we think it's his fault? No, 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 it's not. They I have the second bad, highest drop percentage of yeah. wide, from wide receivers. It's a terrible. Yeah. He's in a horrible roster. Uh, he's just been in tough situations all the way around. Oh yeah, I mean the, he's just the unlucky quarterback that has yeah. to deal with all the. Horrible situations he's put into. Yeah, I really feel bad for him, especially if the Dolphins try and draft a quarterback first overall because oh. they're going to get the first overall pick. Oh, yeah. If they take a quarterback 
and Josh Rosen has moved again. Like, I feel so bad because he really does. Like coming out of college in the in the combine or on tape, I mean, he throws a pretty pretty ball. And then he got put on a Cardinals team that stunk, and he got put on a Dolphins team that stunk worse. I mean, he's been put in zero good situations. They just need to give him a shot. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, he just needs a shot. So he needs a shot in a reasonable football team. Yeah, who can catch balls? Some people can actually catch like, around him. Yeah, yeah, he needs a number one receiver. Yeah. His receivers are not great. Doesn't have a tight end. Doesn't have an offensive line. Like he is in the the worst possible situation. Oh my God. He's a good quarterback. Ah, okay. He's he's an unproven he has, quarterback. He's unproven. He's an unproven who throws a quarterback who throws. A we good honestly ball. don't really yep. know yet. That's a good way. He has plenty of time to prove himself, but he's being put in the worst situations. I feel bad for him and hope that things turn around and go back his way at some point. Yeah, no. So we'll find out how he does, and we'll see how those quarterbacks all together do, second-year quarterbacks. But moving on, 49ers defensive prowess, number one in passing yards per game and rushing TDs, number two in total yards per game, passer rating, first downs, points per game, and the front seven has dominated and made the job of the decent secondary so very easy. So, I know Luigi wanted to talk about it a little bit. So, my 49ers. I, I, I This is a long time coming. Many years since we lost that Super Bowl to the Ravens. Many years. And now we're back here. It's a completely different team. After being horrible. Yeah. We are back. Yeah, we no. are back. No, it takes time. And, I mean, th- who knew it would be the defense? I did, personally. I, being a 49ers fan, I knew our defense would carry us. But I didn't know to this extent. I mean, that front seven, like you said, is making the jobs of a subpar secondary group, like a group of guys who you probably will never know their names, not great all-star, all-pro bowl guys, but they're... They're putting it together. They are. Yeah, no. I, I, too much emotion is flowing out <laughs> of me for the my. Uh, I mean, listen, that my six and uh, my five and oh niners. That, that five and oh. That defense just needed some time, and for the amount of you know first and second round defensive we had all picks, those defensive linemen pick yeah. year after year after year. It was going to come together. It just took more years oh. than they expected. And with a new coach in Kyle Shanahan, who's been great so far, and then the offense with a franchise quarterback and Jimmy Garoppolo, everything's coming together. Yeah, so. and now we have a three-headed beast at running back. We have an offensive line who is without both of its two best linemen, who's still playing phenomenally. We're, we're ground and pound. We're West Coast classic offense right now. And it is so positive to see a defense that is carrying a football team. That is how real football is supposed to be played. Defense wins championships. 100%. This without, team is built. Without a g- good defense, it's tough to play in the NFL because if you can't stop them and you don't have a great offense to counteract it, it won't be... They have a lot of way up to go. I mean, their offense by no oh, means... Oh, yeah, no. No it's means not, is a top offense top right now. No. No means. It's a great rushing offense right now. I mean, that's because you're seeing... Th- three different guys running the ball and you're seeing them coming at you in all different angles and they're all slippery. They're yeah. great backs. But I mean, we still don't have great receivers. 
We're not no. catching the ball at a great rate. None of our well, receivers Kittle, are Kittle's your best our receiver. fantasy roster. Well, we have Kittle, who's not played as well as last year, but that's because he hasn't needed to pick up such a great load because our rushing offense is getting off to the start it has. I mean, I, I, I can't wait to see them in the future, and I, I don't want to jump the gun on this team, but right now I think they're a playoff team. Yeah, no, definitely. Easily. I mean, they still have some great teams to play. They haven't. Even they still have the to Seahawks play the Seahawks yet. twice, exactly. and they have to play the Rams again, who can maybe bounce back. Absolutely. But they have yeah, a no. long ways to go. But they are on the correct path. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with the 49ers, But that was our topic of talk for today. So we'll start the back end of our show as we always do with Jack's or Zach, Jack Zach's just the tips, all your fantasy needs. So here you go, Zach. Thank you very much, Matt. Welcome back to Just the Tips. Start as usual with three loves and three hates, so I'll get going on the love list. Love number one for this week, running back Mark Ingram versus the Seattle Seahawks. Ingram's averaging 14.5 carries through six games with the Ravens. Seattle has struggled against the run, allowing 4.3 yards per carry to backs, and Ingram has seven touchdowns rushing and remains an end zone threat. Look for Ingram to be a big part of that offense if they're going to try and make a push for a win against Seattle. Love number two, wide receiver DJ Chark versus the Bengals. Chark has been... The clear number one for Gardner Minshew, averaging 7.33 targets a game with a high of 11 targets. Chark has found success early in the season with 250-yard games, but took a step back against the Saints with only 43 yards. Look for him to have a big step-back game against the weak Bengals team in Week 7. Love number three, quarterback Josh Allen versus Miami. Similar to DJ Chark, he had success early in the year playing teams like the Jets, Giants, and Bengals, but took a step back against New England in Week 4, throwing three interceptions. He recovered last week against the Titans, however, throwing two touchdowns, passing. The Dolphins flat-out stink, and Josh Allen is going to throw all over them. Look for Josh Allen to have a big week. If he's on your bench, start him unless you have one of the top five quarterbacks. On to the hate list. Hate number one. I hate to do this. Wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders versus the Chiefs makes my hate list this week. Sanders has been shaky through the middle of the season, alternating between 100-yard games in weeks 2 and 4 and 10-yard games in weeks 3 and 5, not to mention getting hurt in week 6. Cortland Sutton has since taken over the number one wide receiver role, and Philip Lindsay's production has increased. Emmanuel Sanders' role in the Broncos' offense diminishes after the first two weeks, and the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Emmanuel Sanders makes the hate list in week seven. Hate list number two, running back David Montgomery versus the Saints. Montgomery is considered the number one back in Chicago, but has yet to put up any big production with 225 yards and 69 carries through six games. Saints have allowed the sixth fewest points to running backs per game this season and won't give Montgomery room to improve on his stifled production this season. And finally, hate list number three, quarterback Phillip Rivers versus the Titans. Phillip Rivers has been the picture of fantasy inconsistency this season and has yet to solidify himself as a starter after weak performances such as his performance week five versus the Denver Broncos, 211 yards and two interceptions. The strong Titans defense in Tennessee this week in week seven has put a lot of teams in a bad spot. Phillip Rivers will struggle against the Titans in Tennessee. Do not look for Phillip Rivers to carry your team to a fantasy win this week. All right, so those are your just the tips, fantasy needs, and all you please. So I guess 
We'll move into our Week 7 picks for the last 15 minutes of the show. Week 6 records, I went 9-5, and five, Zach went 10-4, and four, and Luigi went 8-6, and six, so pretty good weeks. Oh, oh, oh. And an all-time record for me is 44-32, and 32. Zach is 45-31, and 31, and Luigi is 34-26, and 26, so all close. Close but who's, but who's in the lead? Why don't you tell him? Barely. By one, you have a one-game lead on me. Sorry, to, I'll, I'll <laughs> and only only three-game percent, three-point percentage above my side. I will. Yeah, it's all close, man. It. Yeah, don't worry, don't worry. It's all in time, all in due time. So we'll see what happens as we go into the picks. Starting now, Thursday night football, eight twenty. Chiefs four and two, three-point favorites at the Broncos, two and four. I'm taking the Chiefs. I feel bad, but I'm. I have to take the Chiefs. They don't. They can't lose three games in a row, especially to the Broncos. I would love to see them drop three games in a row because not personally, not a huge fan of the Chiefs, but they're going to win. Yeah, away no. at Mile High on Thursday night. Yeah, no, I don't think the Chiefs can lose three games in a row and still be in the hopes of a Super Bowl. So I think they bounce back here in Denver. But our first. One o'clock game on Sunday, 49ers five and zero, ten point favorites at the Redskins, one and five, taking the 49ers. I'm taking the 49ers as well. The Redskins starting Dwayne Haskins. Or are they going with Colt McCoy again? Oh who, no, isn't um who knows? No, no, no. Um, Case Keenum's back. Frank Case Keenum <laughs> has returned. Frank just to lose <laughs> to my 49ers. I'm taking the Niners. Yeah, they're getting squashed. Yeah, no, like a boog. I mean, it'll probably be close to start off, but. I think the 49ers are easily going to pull it out. So second 1 o'clock game, Cardinals 2-3-1 and one at the Giants 2-4. and four. The Giants are three-point favorites. I think the Giants get back in the win column with a good win here. This, this is one of the games that took me the longest to decide on just because, like, even though they're some of the worst teams in the league. They're quite evenly matched. They're quite evenly matched. Yeah, no. And I think it'll be exciting just because the defenses are so bad that the the offensive rookies are going to be able to – have an exciting game. I, I think, I think Saquon has a destructive game. I think he three touchdowns out of Saquon Barkley. Three touchdowns. The Giants will win. Yeah, no. I mean, the Giants. Looking at getting Saquon back, I think the like the what they have to do basically is match up with the Cardinals' offense. Both defenses are terrible, but the Cardinals also put up thirty-four points against. The Falcons last week, and the Falcons aren't great, but I think their defense is better than the Giants, which a lot of defenses are. So if the Giants really want to stay in this game, I think the Giants are going to have to, you know, keep up with their offense. We'll see what Daniel Jones does, and obviously getting Saquon Barkley will be a good thing. So third one o'clock game, Dolphins zero and five at the Bills four and one. Bills are seventeen point favorites. Oh my God! I can't believe I picked the Dolphins last week. <laughs> yeah, what that was, was terrible. I don't know why you did that. That, that was, was just ridiculous. a waste of a loss. You would have been eleven and three. Other than that, I mean, um, just to speak to this game, uh, I'm taking the Bills, and the reason I believe that they will win, not only because the Dolphins are the worst team in football, but it's because they're coming off a bye. They have a very strong defense, and their quarterback, though very young, is very impressive. Great arm. I think he has a great game this weekend. Yeah, this is a home game for the Bills. Tough to play in Buffalo for anybody. And, you know, the Patriots struggled there uh, a couple weeks ago, and that's the Patriots, so the Dolphins are easily going to have a tough time. So I think the Bills go 5-1. and one. 
Imagine coming into the season and think the Bills were going to be 5-1 after six games. No one believed Or seven you. games, actually. No one would have believed you. Yeah, I know. I mean, <sighs> so we'll see what happens there. But next 1 o'clock game, Jaguars 2-4, and four-point four favorites at the Bengals, 0-6. Another garbage team playing a pretty decent team, I would say. So I'm going to take the Jaguars. Yeah, I think the Jalen Ramsey trade obviously hurts the Jaguars' defense significantly, but I don't think it's significant enough. Well, he the... hasn't really played recently. Yeah, of course, but yeah. I'm just saying I don't think it's significant enough of a loss to make them lose to the Bengals. Oh, absolutely. Bengals smell. Yeah. Uh, Is I AJ think... Green back this week? No. No, not yet. Um, I think supposed to be. I'm going to take the Jaguars as well. Um, I think they need a bounce-back game all around for morale reasons, losing their... Their best overall player does not help them. It does hurt them. But I think their offense needs to have a big bounce-back game. Um, And I think they'll take it. Yeah. Uh, I don't see why the Bengals would win in this situation. The Jaguars only gave up 13 points to the Saints last week and only scored six, but the Saints have a very good defense. So playing even away in Cincinnati this week, I don't see why they wouldn't take it. So Jags across the board. Next one o'clock game, Raiders three and two at the Packers five and one. The Packers are four and a half point favorites. If it wasn't in Lambeau for this game, I would consider taking the Raiders, but I'm going to take the Packers. Yeah, I'm taking the Packers, but I wouldn't be thoroughly surprised by a, a backdoor Raiders win. Yeah, that that I almost picked them thinking that they would catch a win, but. Lambeau's a hard, hard, hard place to play. Devontae Adams is most likely going to be back. He probably will have a great game. And that two-headed running back beast that they have with Aaron Rodgers is very hard to stop. Yeah, no, it's it's a tough place to play, but recently they haven't really defended it as well as they did, or as well as they thought. I thought they would, and they used to. You know, they barely won against the... Lions this past week, which wasn't, you know, the Lions probably should have won that game. So, I mean, we'll see how they do against the Raiders. This is a big statement game for John Gruden and his Raiders. So, I guess we'll see what happens. Um, but next one o'clock game, Rams three and three at the Falcons one and five. The Rams are three point favorites. Uh, I'm gonna take L. A. Me too. The Falcons once again for the second year in a row. The Falcons are disappointments. I, I wanted to pick the Falcons. Every single game. They just, on paper, they look so, so good. Like uh, They're ridiculous on paper. They're a phenomenal team. Their defense should be great. Their offense should be great. I don't know if it's, a, if it's coaching. Is it Matt Ryan? Oh, I don't know. It, what's going on with this team? Matt Ryan can play. No, Matt Ryan has been week. playing well. He is, he's I think been, he's, he's second in yards in the entire league right now. I mean, they have yeah, Julio, who's well. still a, a top Three receiver in yards, I think, still. I mean, I, I, wasn't he the MVP when they went to the Super Bowl, Matt Ryan? Yeah, yes. They, there's just there's so many things right now. I, I just I, I wonder. I really wonder what's going on with that Falcons. Team. I mean, I specifically don't really, you know, I do pay attention to the Falcons, but not as religiously as other you know Fal- Atlanta fans would. So I don't really know what specifically the problem is. But it seems like if you give up 34 points to the Cardinals, then you're probably yeah. going to lose. So Maybe it has something to do with the system, because this is really the first year in the last like three years that... They're struggling well, like, to I'm, even get a win. Specifically, like, well, on the bright side this year, Julio Jones and Matt Ryan have actually been able to hook up in the end zone. 
That's something that has been absent for no reason in the past. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. Well, not for no reason. He would get double, yeah, triple gets covered double. as soon as you it's get tough to the for So do the other top receivers in the league. Uh, not as heavily as he did. Still. He was you think cur- Antonio Brown didn't have a safety over the top? Well, he's he all- not. Antonio Brown's not a physically demanding receiver. Julio Jones is a tight end in the red zone. Yeah. He's yeah. Julio Jones shy, to run a slant route. Ginormous human. He would run slant routes. He's always covered. I think he's it, very. Heavily covered. I, I he must he must don't forget he well, came into the season have. he came into the season saying he was going to get three thousand yards. So this might be just his rendition of three thousand yards right now. Well, they can't triple cover him anymore. They have Austin Hooper, Calvin Ridley, and Mohamed Sanu yeah. and Devontae Freeman. They can't well, they can't do that anymore. He's garbage, and they're still not doing good. That's what I'm saying. I, I really would love to hear as to why the it, Falcons. It really are makes poorly zero. It makes no sense. It's I, not, I am taking the Rams in a big bounce back game for the Rams. Yeah, yeah, the Rams have to win here if they're going to have playoff hopes. So next one o'clock game: Texans four and two at the Colts, three and two. There is no spread for this game. It's incredibly close. Just because it's in Indianapolis, I feel like if it was in uh, Houston, it would be a win for the Texans, which I considered this game not being a win for the Texans, but I'm going to take them anyways and hope that they play off the momentum of last week against the Chiefs. I'm taking the Texans as well. Colts off the bye get the win. Oh, sneaky, sneaky. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's not that surprising to me if the the line is even, so like it's close anyways. So I could see it going either way, but I think the Texans are going to continue winning uh, here in Indianapolis. So our final one o'clock game: Vikings four and two. They're one and a half point favorites at the Lions two two and one. Uh, I took the Vikings last week, and I'm going to take them this week. Vikings look good. They, yeah, yeah. That's all I need to say. Vikings. Kirk Cousins played the best game I've seen Kirk Cousins play. I think. He has to play that consistently, not ever, though. but not uh, ever. As of late, been yeah. a while. been on the Redskins. Yes, you know he has to. If if they're going to win more games, he has to continue playing that way because it opens up so much more, so many more things oh for their gosh. offense. They have that phenomenal rushing offense, and then wow, yeah, no, that's a team of beauty, right? They there. played well, and they have a phenomenal defense, a very underrated defense. Yeah, if he so. can play like that, they're a Super Bowl ring. team. They're a Super Bowl team. If he can't, no ring. Yeah, we As thought we, about that. Le- the only like thing the last comes three years, we, we've said we've said that every week. I think. Yeah, no, they just have to figure it out. And if if this is figuring it out for the Vikings and finally Stephon Diggs got into it, then so be it. So hopefully we'll see what happens. But first four and oh five game. Chargers two and four at the Titans two and four. Titans are two point favorites. I went back and forth on this game. I took the Chargers last week against the Steelers, which didn't work out, so I'm not gonna take them again, and I'm gonna take the Titans. I got Phillip Rivers on my hate list for a reason. I'm taking the Titans' defense. I took the Titans way too many times, and they keep losing. I also take the Chargers, and they keep losing. I don't know who to pick, but I'm going to pick the Chargers just because of the roster. Yeah. So we'll see See what happens in that game. But uh, 425, Ravens 4-2 and two at the Seahawks, 5-1. and one. Seahawks are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Hawks have been playing very well. Ravens are also good, but playing in Seattle, for me, that's a Seahawks win. I like the Ravens roster. I like Russell Wilson a little bit more. I think it's just because they're in Seattle that they get the win. Yeah. I think I think the home field advantage It's tough helps. to play in Seattle Absolutely. for any team. So uh, Seahawks cross the board. 425, our last 425 game this week is Saints 5-1 and one at the Bears 3-2. and two. Bears are three-point favorites. Ugh. 
I have gone back and forth on this game. You've done a lot of back and forth this week, haven't you? Uh, yes, <laughs> dude. As the season goes, this is always what happens. It gets so much more tough. Teams are so much more even as the season goes. We find out who's actually good and who's not. So I don't really think we've even found found out who is very good between the Saints and the Bears. You know, the Saints uh. Saints had played very well, but to only score 13 points against the Jaguars, I know they have a great defense, but so I don't know. I'm like still weary on them. I I'm I'm going to take the Bears. See what happens. I'm taking the Saints. Also Four. taking the Saints. I said it last week. Three games in a row with a backup is something not something to scoff at. How about four weeks in a row with a backup? I mean, the Saints roster top to bottom is good. Teddy Bridgewater is playing well. It's a phenomenal roster. They're a real team. They're here to stay. All right, so we'll see what happens. But 8-20, Sunday night, Eagles 3-3 three and three at the Cowboys 3-3. Three and three. Cowboys are three-point favorites. I'm going to take the Cowboys in a back, bounce-back win. Also taking the Cowboys, they do need a statement win after losing to the Jets. I'm taking the Cowboys because the or I'm taking the Eagles per, rather because the Cowboys do need a bounce back game, but I don't think they're going to get it. I think they're going to stay where they are. Their rushing defense is horrendous. Jason, no one has confidence in Jason Garrett in that locker room. Eagles take it. All right, Monday Night Football, eight fifteen. Patriots at Patriots six and zero, ten point favorites at the Jets one and four. I know the Jets had a great week against the Cowboys, but the Cowboys are not the Patriots, so I'm taking the Patriots. Yeah, they're just they're they're overwhelming everyone they play this year, and it will be no different against the Jets. The Patriots will smother them. I don't like the Jets to win, but I do like them to lose by less than ten. I think I think they'll close the gap on the spread, but I think Pats, there's a lot of favorable spreads this, Pats, this week. Pats certainly should take this one on Monday Night Football, regardless of it being in MetLife. All right. So there's, those are our picks for Week 7. Pats across the board in the final game, but we appreciate you calling in, or actually listening in. We appreciate our two callers and Cliff and Juan from Middlebury. And so we'll see you next week from 6 to 7. This is Fire Football Radio. Myself, Matt McGrath, Luigi Coppola, and Zach Schmola. Thanks for listening in once again, and we'll see you next week at 6 o'clock on Wednesday.